Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Here's your host, Tyler Wagner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Today, we have Bob Regnerus with us. So welcome to the show, man. Hey, George. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to today. Yeah, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, so let me ask you, uh, can you kick us off and tell us a little more about you and about what you do? Yeah, um, I am a I'm a serial entrepreneur, probably like uh, most of the people you interview on the show. Uh, I have been quote quote on my own for about 22 years. Yeah. I, I got my start in direct marketing and internet marketing back in 1998. Yeah. Um, I have a programming background, uh, so I was in corp in the corporate world for about six seven years um, coming out of college. And uh, I realized that I was much more of a uh, business owner than an employee. <laughs> so I kind of bid my time and uh, I ventured out on my own in 1998. My, my first project, George, was a uh, website, an e-commerce website. Because um, I was a programmer, I, I coded an e-commerce site. This is before Shopify existed and so forth. Um, and uh, the, the story that got me into marketing was I, I developed this website for um, a, a local sporting goods retail, uh, retailer. And um, I, uh, I built it and they're like, fantastic. They were one of the first ones to have one. And uh, they said, all right, how do we get traffic to the site? I said, oh, well, I know how to do that. And uh, of course I had no idea. So I, 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 I ventured into uh, studying a bunch of people at that time that were teaching internet marketing. So I, I have been a student of marketing for, for 20 plus years and applying what I learned. And uh, as, you, as you can see now, I've, I've, I've ventured into Facebook advertising. I've been there for the last uh, seven years and uh, recently wrote the book with Perry Marshall, The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising, fourth edition. So uh, this book's been around about 10 years now. And so I'm really proud to be uh, kind of the next co-author with Perry in this venture. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so can you tell us, uh, I, I'm just very curious about the subject. So what do you think has changed in the past seven years of Facebook advertisement? Uh, what has changed? What stayed the same? And what are you doing now? A lot. A lot has changed, George. The, uh, the environment, I think the biggest thing about any media, um, we've had this ability to, you know, with the digital age, so many new media and platforms have come along that are essentially virgin territory. So, you know, if you rewind back into like 2002, 2003, Google AdWords was brand new. Uh, mm. Before that, it was GoTo and Overture and Yahoo. And, you know, I, I, I did those platforms. I was on Google. Uh, but Facebook really wasn't a player until about 2012, 2013. I don't know if you remember, Facebook itself wasn't that much saturated into our culture uh, really until then. And their advertising platform was absolutely horrendous. Um, they had these little ads on the right-hand side that got less than a 10%, less than a 0.1% click-through. So you really never made any money. But then they changed to something called sponsored stories, which is the current, you know, what we what we know to be now is the newsfeed ad. That changed the game entirely. Um, interjecting advertisements into the newsfeed that basically looks like all the content that people were scrolling through. So um, that was that was a big revelation, and that's where I got on board. Was okay, advertising works. Um, and of course, in the good old days, everything's cheaper response rates are up. So it was really good to be a uh, kind of the forefront of that. 
Um, and then I, I think the other biggest shift really, most of the people that used Facebook back in the day used it on a desktop. And now of course, 90, 95% of your traffic is mobile. So uh, we've seen a big shift uh, really in the last five years towards being mobile and shifting more towards video content. And, and that's kind of where my company, I work for a company, I co-founded a company called Feed Stories. And we basically focus on creating video advertising for social media feeds, so Instagram and Facebook. So the biggest change really has been as the media matured and then as the consumption, the devices that uh, are much more accepted these days. Absolutely. And do you advertise anywhere else besides Facebook? What about Google Ads? Um, any other platforms before Facebook? Yeah, I mean, me personally, I I find that there's so much to be involved in any particular media. So where, where my firm and where my expertise is really rooted right now is Facebook ads, Instagram, of course, because it's the same ad platform and, mm -hmm. and video. So, um, you know, all there, obviously Google AdWords is a fantastic media itself and we can go into kind of what's different about the two, but essentially Google is very much for people who go to solve problems. You know, it's keyword driven um, and Facebook is more of an interruption mechanism. You know, we're interrupting people. We're, we're not targeting by keyword, we're targeting by who the person is. Um, very similar to like the way YouTube is and things like that. So, you know, right now as advertisers, we, we've got really, it, it's kind of a, a blessing of riches, right? Um, we, we can reach millions, well, billions if you're global, but, you know, millions of people here in the U.S. and, and other major countries through Facebook, through Instagram, uh, YouTube, Google AdWords, you know, some really amazing platforms where we could essentially reach anybody that we want to reach. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And can you tell us a little more about what's in the book? Because obviously yeah. this, this is the ultimate guide. So just give us a little brief down of, of what you talk about with Perry in the book. Yeah. So the, the ultimate guide is really set up. It's a whole book series, by the way. There's there's mm -hmm. an ultimate guide on Google, LinkedIn. It's published mm -hmm. through Entrepreneur Press. So Entrepreneur obviously is an educational platform. It's geared towards business owners, entrepreneurs. Uh, my goal in putting the book together, it's Number one, it's it's an upgrade from version three. It's a complete rewrite. Um, there's only about 10% of the content from the previous book that is the same. Um, a lot has changed since its previous publication. And my goal really is for anyone to pick this up. So if you're a beginner, I want this to be a tutorial on how to get started the right way on Facebook. Um, Facebook, as I mentioned, is a mature medium. There is a lot of complexity to it, quite frankly. Mm. So my goal with the book is to allow somebody who's never really uh, ventured into the space to, to get a great start and to learn that 20% that's going to get them the 80% of their results. Um, mm. There's a lot you could do, obviously, within the platform, but I, I want to focus in on what's going to get you the quickest wins and what's going to be the easiest path for you. But then also, um, I know a lot of people reading this are intermediate and expert advertisers. So I want the book to be able to be kind of a, a guide for them as well so that we're giving them advanced strategies and things like that. Um, a book like this actually could, could fall into a, uh, it could fall into the category of being out of date by the time it gets published because the media changes, right? The, the screenshots, the, the interface and all those things. So. While that's going to happen, I mean, we do have screenshots and we have, this is the way Facebook is now. 
um, I was really purposeful in putting in content that is more fundamental. Um, what I didn't mention at the top, George, is I'm also a high school basketball coach. I've been doing that for over 30 years. Oh um, I, I've been in the coaching field, so I'm big on fundamentals. Um, I, I'm, I'm a coach at heart. You know, most of the people that know me, know me call me Coach Bob or Coach Rignaris, and I do that in my business too. Um, I'm, really, I'm really here to equip people to be better at their game. So when I'm on the hard court, I'm helping my, my 15, 16 year old guys become better basketball players. Uh, when I'm here, this is my court, uh, the business court, I'm helping people become much better Facebook advertisers. So my goal is to equip whether you're a beginning player or an advanced player in the Facebook game. I, I wanna give you strategies and fundamentals that aren't just gonna be good for three months. I want, I want you to know things that are gonna be good for 30 years. Um, there's a lot of principles and fundamentals in this book related to advertising and copywriting and things like that, which are the most important things for a successful marketing campaign. And so I, I made sure, and Perry and I both made sure, we wanted to get this full of those types of things so that the book is gonna be useful for years to come and not just something that it's, yeah, it's good for today and now it's out of date and they have to throw it aside. Absolutely, okay. What a great explanation. And yeah, I wanted to ask you, have you considered making this book into a course or a coaching practice? Yeah, so um, we, yeah, we, we're in the middle right now. We've already created a companion guide for the course and mm. we're in the middle of developing an advanced course. Um, mm. It's gonna be available in uh, early December. Uh, our goal was to get the book done first and, and that, that was almost a, a year and a half, actually it was 19 months uh, from the time we started to the time we finished. So we wanted to make sure we got the book uh, we have a companion course and a bunch of resource materials that are available. So it's not just the, the book itself. Uh, we have a bunch of resources that are available for people as well. And we're mm. keeping those up to date. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the goal for me personally, obviously, is the more people I can help. Obviously, I want, you know, thousands and thousands of people to get the book. I think it's going to be really useful for them. Mm. Uh, a lot of people uh, make the choice. They want to go deeper. Um, so I've got video training and things like that that will become available. And, and anyone who gets the book or, or is connected to me will, will know when that's available, obviously, because um, I'm sending out uh, updates all the time. But yeah, personally, that's, that's the goal, obviously, is when you're an author, you want to be able to kind of monetize and, and help people. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's in development. Um, along with the fact that, you know, like I said, I, I own a company called Feed Stories and our goal really is to, you know, help people with their video storytelling and get, you know, more impact on their Facebook ads and their Instagram ads and, and frankly, YouTube ads uh, to get more sales for them. Okay, awesome. And can you tell us why video ads are so effective compared to text ads and anything else? Yeah, and, and this is really, this is really kind of cool. And Facebook about four years ago started really making a declaration that they were essentially a video company. Mm. And if you really take a look at uh, when you're inside the Facebook app and the Instagram app, think of all the video components they put in, you know, they have Facebook and Instagram stories now, which is, you know, comparable to like the Snapchat platform. Um, that's the way most people are communicating now through short videos. Um, the, the fact that most pages, I, I don't know if you notice this, but your Facebook app is, Facebook app is always notifying you 
when somebody's going live or somebody published a video. Mm -hmm. So they've placed a real emphasis on video content. And I, I really think it's because that it's much easier to consume video on your mobile device. Um, I know most of us will watch video with like the sound turned off, which is why captions are really important, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, but video is really the, the mechanism or the media of choice. And it's really reflected too in the way Facebook prioritizes it. Um, we find over and over that video-based ads um, get higher engagement and they're actually cheaper in the long run uh, than a like an image or a text-based ad. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what about the type of video that it is, right? Is it long form, short form? Uh, is it pro mm. professionally produced or is it more like Ty Lopez, just, you know, bootstrapped? <laughs> But, you know, that's a great question. Um, I think uh, my answer probably would have been different a year ago. Mm. I think COVID has actually done something great for, for advertisers. Um, mm. I know it's been awful, but it, it's opened up some opportunity. Number one, I think people now, I mean, here we are on Zoom. Um, I've been on Zoom. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have been using Zoom. Uh, my team is remote. So this has been something we've been doing for years. But now everybody's on Zoom, everybody's using Google Meet and FaceTime and things like that. So, so now like people are comfortable with kind of this at-home type video. So yeah, I mean, we, we obviously in our company produce professional videos with traditional videographers and things like that. But the other thing we do, George, is we help people create videos using their iPhone. I mean, you know, what I'm, what I'm holding here, you know, this is an iPhone 10. It's like already way out of date, but I mean, this produces 4k video. You, you have a 4k video machine in your hand. And I'm like, um, amazing. You know, the only thing you really got to worry about, quite frankly, if you're doing iPhone videos is the audio. So mm. the one thing we tell people is get a really good, like lavalier, uh, audio mic that plugs into your phone, but the video and the lighting is fantastic. So you know, you can make great video at home. And I, I think the thing that people are looking for in terms of interaction with a company is authenticity. Mm. So, you know, we've always said that kind of that the more uh, conversational and, and more personal type video is much more effective than the overly produced and polished video. I think that's great news for small business owners and entrepreneurs is, you know, we have the ability now to connect to our audience in a very real way. And we've got basically the devices to make it happen. So, you, you know, you invest $500 in a, in a Samsung phone or an iPhone, and then you spend about $100. I've got a ring light. I've got a, you know, I've got a mic here, um, you know, less than $100 in accessories. And you're essentially a video producer. Um, and really the only challenge then is, is, is comes down to the copy. And it always comes down to copy, right? Uh, whether we're writing out a marketing message, we're typing out a marketing message, speaking a marketing message, it always comes down to, you know, the copy. Um, but the tools are there for us to be able to, to produce really great video that gets people to respond. Absolutely. And can you tell me a little bit more about what has changed in the past four to five months of COVID? How has advertising changed on Facebook? Do you need to do a different type of video, talk about different topics? Uh, What's the difference now? Yeah, I think obviously, um, you know, here as we're recording this, we're what, uh, seven, eight months into this. Um, and who knows, um, you know, when, when things are going to change. But I think essentially um, the work environment has changed forever. 
I mean, this essentially initiated this whole change where people are now more comfortable working remotely. Mm-hmm. It's forced us to be more digital and more intentional about our communication. Uh, we kind of take for granted the fact that, you know, we used to be able to get together in an office and collaborate and things like that. And so, you know, what it's done is it's obviously opened up in a, a whole new industry, uh, but it's also like shifted, you know, there's some things that are never going to be the same, you know, travel is going to take years to come back and commercial real estate is obviously going to take a hit and, you know, the, the hospitality business has changed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously it depends on the, the business you're in. Uh, like, like, for instance, who would have, who would have thought about this? And of course it makes sense now, but um, like uh, pool, pool installers, um, bicycles, um, all that type of like at home workout equipment, you know, as gyms closed, as, as we couldn't travel. So people are bringing recreation to home. Like you, it makes sense now, right? That like, man, if you, if you were like selling bikes, like that, you can't find a bike, you know, cause people were like, Hey, you know, I can't go to the gym and work out. So, you know, things like Peloton shot through the roof and, you know, you know, mountain bikes and road bikes. Um, at-home workout equipment. Um, yeah, I had a friend who was like, they had been planning to, to install a pool and they're like, it's a two-year waiting list now. And so, you know, I think it really depends on your market. And there's things that have completely dried up. I mean, you know, the, the hospitality industry is hurting. You know, restaurants have had to really shift their entire um, platforms to, you know, delivery and takeout. Um, and that's a, that's a big struggle for a lot of, a lot of places. So, I think it's number one, George, it's really related to the market you're in and then really understanding how can your, how can you best serve your customers to kind of stay alive? You know, some, some companies obviously overnight became successful because of what they did. A lot of companies had to quite frankly, shift their strategy to survive. Um, and so, uh, you know, what, what's really changed is that uh, we have to be much more intentional about our communication. Uh, We have to really understand how we can serve our customers best and cater that messaging and our service uh, platform so that they will continue to do business with us. Absolutely. And can you tell me more about of the common mistakes that you see people still making with their advertising to this day? Uh, Since the market has changed in the past couple of months, what are some mistakes that you see that people fall into all the time? That's a really good question. Um, there, there's some common things that I see. Uh, number one is this. Uh, I, I'm not going to dive too deep into this, but I, I think everyone's familiar with the concept of retargeting. Uh, we've all seen this. We, we go to a uh, e-commerce site and we click on this particular product and we end up not buying it and we go away and then we log into Facebook and there right in front of us is that same pair of shoes that we were looking at, right? Uh, that, that's a technology that's been around a number of years. Uh, it's really changed the game for, for advertising. But I, I think the big mistake here is this, is that too few people focus their efforts on retargeting first. Um, I kind of teach marketing backwards. And if, if you go into the book, people, the first thing you want to establish is a retargeting campaign. Um, because the retargeting campaign is essentially going after people that are warm or hot. Okay. Traffic's either cold, warm, or hot and, and warm and hot traffic is more likely to convert. It's much cheaper to go after. 
And so I think too many people dive into the deep waters, the deep cold waters of traffic and are trying to bring in new business uh, without having this really easy type of structure to set up. Um, so we always teach people start with retargeting, um, get those offers working, really understand the, the types of imagery, the types of words, the things that really get people in. Um, nail that first, get that set up. And once that's running, that just kind of keeps running forever. Then go do the hard work of going out to deep waters and trying to bring cold traffic in. I, I think um, even for people who are starting out, um, you really need to have some sort of uh, established base of, of operations and, and marketing before you go out and cold traffic, George. I mean, here's, here's, the, here's the thing. Um, traffic costs are, are going to continue to rise. Uh, right now, we just came out of an election cycle. Uh, there was a record amount of money spent on election ads. And we're shifting now into what's considered the holiday season. I mean, it immediately started, no, once the election was over, e-commerce season starts. Uh, there's been a lot of retailers who have lost money in 2020. Uh, they don't have foot traffic into their stores. Um, so many uh, brick and mortar stores have shifted to an e-commerce strategy and e-commerce as a whole has just absolutely just blown up in, a, in, the, in the biggest way. So there's gonna be more money spent on holiday advertising this year than in any other year as well. So, you know, we're stepping into an environment where it's really expensive to be able to go in and advertise. So it really puts us at a disadvantage if we don't understand who our customer is. And that's really the next mistake, George, is that um, we don't fully understand what our customers' needs are. We don't know how to communicate, communicate with them well, and we end up, writing ads that don't make a connection with them and we end up spending money and wasting money because we don't have our message and market nailed uh, so you know retargeting is a big thing it's it's a cheap thing with a high return on investment um, you could spend a dollar on retargeting and make 10 20 30 dollars on average uh, cold traffic you might be you might be spending a dollar to make 30 cents back um, there's companies with really deep pockets that have the ability to, to overspend on buying customers. And so we really have to nail our fundamentals. Otherwise, we're going to take a bath early on, especially if we have really small budgets. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's I've never heard that advice, but I'm glad that I did. <laughs> <laughs> and this might be uh, maybe not so related to Facebook advertising, advertising but I want to ask you about TikTok and their advertising strategy because I don't know if you've studied about them, but I remember back like two years ago, I used to watch so many TikTok ads and they were like spending like $3 million a day on advertising on Instagram. And like, I don't know if you studied that, but like, if you did, can you tell us like how that explosive marketing campaign, like how, let, let me get this straight because I, I, I was so passionate about it. Okay. Like, do you, do you understand why their their marketing worked pretty much? Because I, I remember seeing their videos and it was it was terrible, but it still worked though. So I don't know if you studied that and like you can tell us uh, how that worked. No, uh, no, I haven't studied it. I haven't studied it specifically, but here's what I know. I know that TikTok. So if you look at uh, 2020, mm -hmm. the number one app download. Okay, um, TikTok is the number one app downloaded for each month of the year, except April. The number one app downloaded in April was Zoom, <laughs> mm. right? 
Okay, that makes sense, right? Everyone mm -hmm. had to shift to Zoom in 2020, but TikTok mm -hmm. has been the one. Now, Snapchat had a similar uh, arc, right? Where, where there's a niche number of people that use it, and then it gets into the, the explosive curve, okay? Mm. So what TikTok did was they had a lot of investment, right? Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of capital behind them. And their idea was, we're going to flood the marketplace and we're going to make this, you know, and it's a viral type app, similar to Snapchat. It's, it's a way people connect, it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, and the concept is really similar, really short videos. Um, you know, there was, uh, what, what, was the, what was the video platform before TikTok? It was Vine and Musical.ly. It was like seven, Vine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so this kind of essentially replaced Vine. So, you know, I've got, I've got two teenage daughters. So, you know, I am not on TikTok, right? I'm a 50-year-old guy. I'm not on TikTok, okay? Uh, but like Fleetwood Mac is, and like I, my daughter's telling me, oh, this, this Fleetwood Mac song's blowing up on, on, on TikTok. And then I'm seeing commercials on TV with, you know, McFleetwood and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but, you know, th the idea here is this, is that with enough capital and enough investment and a really elegant uh, solution, like a really elegant app like that, it, it's real simple, right? There's, there's no complexity to it. You just, you, you post videos and you watch videos. And so, so companies like that, so if you look at the Facebook app, the Instagram app, YouTube, what do, what do they measure? They measure the amount of time that you stay logged into their platform, okay? And that's what, that's what advertisers are looking for. So the reason that Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and, and now TikTok are going to be viable platforms for us as marketers is because they engage people, not for minutes, but hours per day, okay? Mm -hmm. And they attract a very defined demographic. Um, so TikTok is obviously it's geared more towards a younger audience. It's millennials and Gen X and so forth. Um, it's going to be a real bastion for marketers who really cater to those, those demographics. Um, and those that understand how to use the media and produce media that matches it um, are going to be winning. So, you know, the app itself is an amazing advertising story. You know, mm -hmm. the, the millions and millions of people that use it, but that's essentially you know, like I said, I got in on Facebook as an advertiser early on. This is a real good opportunity for somebody like, okay, there's a lot of people like me that know Facebook advertising and there's already some experts. There's not as many experts in the TikTok space. So this, mm -hmm. to me, it's a real opportunity for somebody who is sharp to say, I'm going to really get a handle on TikTok advertising and mm -hmm. figure out how to do this and, you know, become an agency or a freelancer that helps companies really do well on TikTok. So it's an opportunity not only for companies to use it as a platform, but it also provides an opportunity for people like us that go are entrepreneurs and say, I'm going to understand this platform and I'm going to help people be successful on it. Absolutely. Okay. And back to Facebook now, since, you know, we're talking about the book. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry for the deviation. I was just so interested. No, in that's great. That topic. It's a great question. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so let me ask you about Facebook advertising, advertising because I remember back then when we used to advertise, I got my account banned for some dumb reason. Um, yeah. how, I'm guessing you talk about it in the book. Uh, how do you get unbanned? How do you circumvent this problem? Because it's a very prevalent problem that happens to pretty much everyone. Um, is Facebook more strict now with their ads? Um, yep. What's going on with that? 
Yeah, so Facebook monitors their ad accounts and they're, they're basically using algorithms, okay? It's, mm. it's artificial intelligence. So machines are doing the monitoring. And mm. so machines are coded by humans and in order for the machine to work, it has to be overly sensitive. So when, when, when you cast a net like that, you're gonna catch fish and you're also gonna catch some stuff you don't want. Um, the idea here is Facebook is really sensitive about people abusing their platform. Mm. This really hasn't been a problem. It wasn't a problem before the last election cycle. Um, if you remember back in 2016 and, and post-election, they found out just how, uh, just how abusive their platform can be. Uh, they, they, they didn't have much privacy. Uh, security was real weak. So a lot of people were able to basically leverage that platform for their own evil schemes, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so what Facebook has had to do in response to that, obviously Zuckerberg had to go before Congress and apologize and promise to do better. So Facebook has been relentlessly pulling out functionality out of their platform, which um, is removing, it, it's actually creating less transparency between advertisers and the user base. So we don't have the ability to target the same way we did before. And we're also more sensitive about what we can talk about. So Facebook is much more of the, the police now versus a platform. So we need to be really familiar with what their policies are. And we need to make sure that we don't do things like before and after photos and over personalize and things like that. But just know that you are probably at some point, even if you're selling the most generic thing that uh, nobody could consider a scam, you're going to get ads rejected and you're going to get account bans. Now, Facebook's really good about this. And, and if you are legit and you request a review, then a human will look at it. Mm. Um, but there are cases where you're in a gray area and you may deal with the fact that you have to explain yourself to Facebook. They, they don't really like people in the alternative health space they don't like marketers too well who are teaching people how to make money. They certainly don't like business opportunities. Uh, they're real, real, um, they're real careful about people that advertise credit. That sometimes and be zapped. Uh, something just happened quite frankly last week. 1 million accounts got shut down. Um, my connection all right, George? I just wanna make sure. It cut off for like two seconds, but you should be fine now. Okay. Yeah. I just saw a little warning, but, uh, mm. but Facebook actually had a blip about a million, million accounts got shut down about seven o'clock Eastern one night. Mm. Um, this was last Thursday night and it was a mistake. Like somebody hit a button, they put a, they put a change into the, the algorithm and it blew up. And so, you know, they got restored in about 12 hours, but for that amount of time, you know, like a so if, if 1 million accounts got turned off, there was 999,990 that were probably legit that they had to turn mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. I, my best advice is this, is really understand their policies. And the other thing you really wanna do is, is make sure that when, when, when you're setting things up that you know the basics of what can trip up their machine and, and avoid those things. So you know we have checklists and things like that you know, make sure you have a privacy policy, make sure that, you know, you don't over-personalize an ad. Mm. 
So it, it's an environment where it's really overly sensitive and I can't imagine it getting less restrictive. I think it's going to get more restrictive. Mm. So you really want to be careful. And my best advice is this is when you get banned, they have a really good review process, be polite, <laughs> interact with them, give them the information they need. Uh, make sure that, you know, you're validated as a business um, and, and, and you're going to be all right. If you are legit, um, you, you will be okay. But just know that sometimes the good eggs get caught with the bad eggs. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm just reading your sheet over here because I want to ask <laughs> a couple more questions. So yeah. Yeah. So how do you leverage the Facebook AI since we're just talking about the algorithm? Uh, yep. to not get us on its bad side? How do you get on its good side? How do you get Facebook to promote your ad more than anybody else? Well, the good side of the algorithm is this, is that Facebook knows um, their users better than we do. Mm -hmm. So one of, the, one of the advantages of having a powerful AI is that Facebook knows a lot about how we behave. Uh, not only do they know what we like, uh, within the app, you know, we like pages, we like people, mm. um, but we, we like and comment on different things. So, you know, they know what kind of political stance we take. Uh, they know the things we buy too. Um, think about this. We, we install the Facebook pixel on websites and the pixel is there to help you track your advertising and so forth, but it also tracks behavior. Mm. So Facebook knows, you know, even if you don't log into Facebook, um, that pixel is on a site. So if you go to the e-commerce store and, you know, let's say you buy a set of uh, golf clubs from the e-commerce store, guess what? The Facebook pixel says, hey, you know, George likes golf. And so all of a sudden, if you buy a pair of golf clubs over here, Facebook's going to start to show you ads for like golf lessons, right? Golfing products, maybe golfing accessories, golf courses, right? And so that's accomplished because there's something called lookalike audiences. So if you've advertised on Facebook before, uh, you know that you can create lookalike audiences of people that are most similar to your customers or your prospects. So by simply uploading a list of your customers and building a lookalike, Facebook is going to know that, hey, you know, George is interested in golf because he's connected to this. And they're going to go find more people that are just like that. So we want to lean into that as an advertiser. Um, we, we used to go in and try to build long list of interests inside of there and okay, they like this magazine and they like this person. Um, we don't have to waste all that time. This is this to me is an 80-20 thing. Um, I can I can I can waste less time by building a better model of my of my ideal customers, uploading that and let Facebook go find them because they do a much better job than we do. And the second thing is, is that we are, we have the ability to create campaigns that are very specific to what we want. So if, if our goal is to put a post out there and get a lot of engagement, we can ask Facebook for engagement. If we want to drive traffic to our website, we can ask Facebook for traffic. If we want to generate purchases, we can ask Facebook for purchases. So not only does it optimize on the person itself, but also optimizes on their behaviors. So Facebook knows whether maybe you like to watch videos, George, and I like to click on ads, and maybe I like to comment on ads, and you like, Facebook knows all this. And so when you give them like a really good model, and you tell them exactly what you want, they're really, really good at giving it to you. Absolutely. And I want to ask you about deep funnel marketing. Come on. So what is the funnel marketing? <laughs> so, so 
It, and real quick, here's what this is. I think most advertisers underestimate the amount of time and effort it takes to convert somebody. Mm. And I, I think this is especially important for somebody who's, who sells something that's more complex or more expensive. You think about the idea is if you sell something cheap, people don't really have to decide. It's, mm. hey, it's $20 or $50 and I need it or I want it. It's really easy. Um, so we have what are called shallower funnels. What, what we need when we have more expensive or more complicated product is we need to go deeper. Um, and we also need to understand that people go on a journey. Uh, there's something called the customer awareness timeline. It's, it's a timeline from somebody who is, I'm completely unaware of who you are to I completely trust you and I'm gonna give you my money. And as you go through this journey, um, just, just think about like if you're going to buy a car. I mean, most people don't decide on a Friday to go get a car and then go out the next day and buy one. You know, what do they do? Well, they research, right? Um, they, they go and they start to say, okay, do I want an SUV? Do I want a fuel economy? Do I want a hybrid? Do I want a gas? Do I want a, uh, an electric car? Um, you know, how much room do I need in the car? Um, what colors do I want? What brands, you know? There's all kinds of research that goes in. And so what you need to do as an advertiser is you need to time your content. So we want to deliver the right content to the right audience at the right time. So we need to have ads that target people who we want to get their attention. Remember, Facebook is an interruption mechanism. So when we're advertising to somebody who's cold and unaware, our job isn't to sell them. Our job is to get their attention, okay? So we wanna grab their attention and get them moving you know, down the timeline. So now all of a sudden we've got their attention. Maybe, maybe they've been thinking about getting that car and then all of a sudden there's an ad in front of them that says, hey, you know, here's, here's you know, this new model that we have out. Well, all of a sudden now we've got them thinking about it. Okay, now that we've got them thinking about it, we, we, we stop advertising, like, wouldn't it be cool to get a car? Now it's, here's this, maybe we're advertising a specific type of car. We're going to be talking about things that are important to buyers there. You know, you're going to talk about the warranty. You're going to talk about the benefits of this particular car, you know, the, the cargo room, um, the fuel economy, um, all those types of things, right? And then as they're thinking like, yeah, you know, this is, this is in the running here. The next thing is we got to get them to come into our dealership. So at the top of the funnel, the cold traffic, we're getting attention. The middle of the funnel, warm traffic, we're nurturing them. And then once they're at the bottom of the funnel, they're hot. We need to give them a call to action. You know, we need to give them incentive to come into the dealership. They're not going to buy a car until we can get them into the door. All right. Unless you're Carvana. <laughs> but, you know, for most it's, hey, it's a dealership. We want to get them in. So bottom of funnel is we want to be uh, incentivizing them to get into the dealership. And that's where you see things like, you know, extended warranties, cashback offers, rebates, those types of things. So really as advertisers, we have to think about, okay, as, as I look at my products or services, you know, what's the time frame that somebody goes through where they first find out about me and when they buy. And for some companies, maybe it's as short as a week. Some companies, maybe it's a month. Some it's maybe three to six months. So we need to be following them around. And this is all powered by the Facebook pixel, right? We need to be moving them down the line and they're gonna give us signals as they move from one step to the other. And then we change our advertising, we change our messaging to cater to them where they're at, where their mindset is at. 
So we move them from cold to warm to hot. And that's what deep funnel advertising is. And it's all within Facebook. All within Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah. You could do that all within Facebook. Okay. Well, I'm learning a lot right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, guys, for the people listening, if you aren't convinced that this book has like, it is, the, it is the ultimate guide to Facebook advertising. If you're not convinced, it by it, <laughs> not convinced yet, come on, man. Come on. Uh, where can they find this book? Um, I actually have a, a website set up. Obviously, it's available at most major retailers. Uh, we're actually having trouble keeping it in stock, which is like both a good thing and a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I have a website set up, uh, George. It's called ultimatefb.com, mm-hmm. ultimatefb.com. And the reason I want people to go there is just like you and I are chatting right now, um, I've had conversations with some guest authors. So mm-hmm. um, Perry Marshall is in, you know, I interviewed Perry, Jeff Walker, is in this book, Ryan Dice is in this book, Brian Kurtz is in this book, um, people who are both mentors and friends of mine. So what I, what I decided is, you know, they, they contributed to the book, uh, each of them has a chapter, uh, mm-hmm. but I thought it'd be cool to sit down and just chat with them. So um, I, I've got a pretty good relationship with these folks and I thought it'd be cool just to talk about some things that maybe they're not normally used to talking about. So um, I've got some really interesting interviews there. There's 10 interviews total. Um, it's really good, like, hey, good entrepreneurial content. If, if you're, you know, if you want both strategy and mindset and some entertainment, um, so you can get a link to the book. It'll take you to, you know, one of the major retailers, but then it also uh, the interviews. So if you just go to ultimatefb.com, um, I got some stuff for, there for you that I think would be really, really cool. Absolutely. Ultimatefb.com, right? Yeah. Okay, guys, please go check that out. Obviously, <laughs> there's a lot of value to be, to be had over there. So um, any, any closing remarks, Bob? No, I, I think... Um, I'm just really hoping a lot of people get this book. We've had some really tremendous early feedback on it. Mm. And my whole goal, like I said, I'm a teacher, I'm a coach. I want to equip people and that's the type of feedback I'm getting. So that, that really kind of makes all the effort worthwhile for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for hopping on Bob. Oh, thanks. It was a fantastic interview. It's a pleasure to spend this time with you, George, and uh, all the listeners who are tuning in as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Unite show is sponsored by AuthorsUnite.com, your one-stop shop for becoming a profitable author and maximizing your impact.